All right, well, today's message is entitled, The Wonder of the Season. I hope you enjoyed last mes- last week's message about the shepherds and the sheep and the, maybe gave you a little new perspective on a, on a story you've heard many times. Um, had a lot of good uh, response from that. But I want to talk about today, The Wonder of the Season. When you think of the birth of Jesus as described in the Bible, you're usually drawn to two different places in Scripture that talk about the, the birth of Jesus. The account in Matthew tells of how God gives instructions to Joseph about the child that Mary is carrying. We see it in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. It says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then we know in the second chapter of Matthew is where we learn about the Magi or the wise kings from the east who visit the Christ child. We're familiar with that a part of Scripture as well. But then also the Gospel of Luke, where many people often turn to read about the birth of Christ. We find a very detailed version of Jesus' birth account, where we learn about the angel speaking to Mary and the journey to Bethlehem. And the drama that unfolds when there's no room for them in the inn, so Jesus has to be born in a less desirable environment and then laid in a manger. The Gospel of Mark begins with Jesus' adult ministry and therefore does not include any details of the heavenly anointed birth in the Gospel of Mark. And so then we come to the Gospel of John. Now John's Gospel and his writings are a little bit different than the other three, which are often called synoptic Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which describe many of the events of, in narrative form and often give parables as a way of, of telling of Jesus uh, sharing his teaching. As John writes, he shares the same truths, but also from a different perspective and also in a different way, a way that spurs the sense of wonder. And so as we talk about getting ready for the Christmas season, and many times we're drawn to the beauty of of, of the Gospel of Luke and the telling, I want to share the Christmas story from John's perspective because it's there and it gives us a great wonder of Christmas. Listen to John's account of Jesus' birth. It's in John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There's no donkey, no manger, no shepherds or angels, but a sense of wonder of the glory revealed. As long as most of us can remember, Christmas has always been a time of wonder. It is that wonder that John continues to convey throughout the five books in the Bible that he wrote. John wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And he also wrote the book of Revelation. In another of John's writings, we see the wonder of the birth of Jesus in another way. 1st John, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested. And we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. You see, the first wonder of Christmas 
is that eternal life. This retelling doesn't begin with a personal pronoun like He, but rather with that. It does not begin with Jesus as the person, but rather the eternal life that came to us through Him. The life was with God, and the life was God. And the life was and is the first great wonder of the season. It is that that we receive. It is that that is given freely to all men and women and children, indiscriminate of gender or age or status. You see, too many people miss out on the fullness of God because they view the birth of Christ from a narrow perspective, thereby limiting their God from their very first experience with Him. You see, the focus of the nativity scene is not merely about the baby Jesus who was small and meek and mild until he grew into a man and began his earthly ministry. In other words, our focus should not be on the physical body through which Jesus entered the world. This is John's point. Focus not on the humanness of who came through the birth, but rather focus on the heavenliness of what came through the birth. That eternal life, which is a gift to every one of us. That eternal life was from the beginning and is now given to all who believe. That eternal life fills the heavens and has now come near to us. This is why the event of Jesus' birth is not and cannot be restricted to a small manger in Bethlehem. Because that life is so much more encompassing than what could fit into a manger. In fact, it filled the entire countryside when it was announced. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. It's important to understand the width and the breadth of the setting. There were many shepherds, and hundreds of sheep scattered across a huge expanse of fields. My wife and children and I went to Israel, and we got to see the shepherds' fields, plural. It's a very large setting with several rolling hills and fields stretching from one end to the other. Luke 2, verse 9. says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. You see, as the angel of the Lord left his heavenly home and pierced the realm of the sky, the glory of the Lord could not be contained in just one spot. It shone completely around them. It's a perspective we don't often think. Maybe we think of a picture of seeing the angel in the sky, but really if you're in a place where there's no trees, just rolling hills, and everywhere from horizon to horizon, the glory filled the entire sky. Do you understand the magnitude of the event and what was coming? You see, after the angel of the Lord's message, a heavenly entourage filled the skies. In Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That eternal life 
which filled the skies. That eternal life is the first wonder of Christmas. Psalm 72, verse 18 says, Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. That's our God. Everything He does is wonderful. It's more than just a birth in a manger. It is the glory of the Lord encompassing the whole earth. Hallelujah. Psalm 72, verse 19. And blessed be His glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. Did you notice that? A double amen. That eternal life that cannot be held by time stretches from everlasting to everlasting. It filled the entire sky. It's more than just about a manger. It's about God's glory coming near to earth. Coming near to you. That indeed is the first wonder of Christmas. Well, the second wonder of Christmas is the wonder of life manifested. Let's go back in 1 John chapter 1, verse 2. It says, The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, was manifested to us. You see, eternal life didn't just appear as a promise. It actually manifested. So many people struggle in their walk because they try to be like Jesus. Yet trying to act like someone else is only changing the outside or the visible actions. The key to walking like Jesus is to understand that Jesus is eternal life manifested to us. In other words, when we receive the promise of eternal life, and fully realize what has taken place on the inside of us, we naturally manifest that life as well. Anybody who has ever tried to be good has seen the futility of this endeavor. We cannot be good enough in our own efforts, no matter who we are. Yet when we allow that life of Jesus to permeate our very being, it naturally manifests through us by the way of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23 tell us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is His pure life manifested in us in observable actions that bless others. We don't need to try to be those things as we are letting God's love through us, that's what comes out of us, are those fruits. Just like a, a tree doesn't have to grunt to kind of push out a fruit or an apple, it just grows and, those, and the fruit grows through the tree. When we're following Jesus and loving Jesus and spending time in His Word and prayer, the fruit of the Spirit just emanates through us as His life is manifest to us and through us. May that life be manifested through each of you this Christmas season. 1 John 1.3 that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. You see, the way that we declare this message to others is more than just by words spoken. 
We manifest life to others when we understand our calling as Christians. Think about a sprinkler. You see, much the same way that a sprinkler manifests water is what we are called to manifest that life to others. A sprinkler doesn't have to give any effort. It sprays water over an entire area simply by its design. Its source is the water. As the water passes through the sprinkler, it sprays the area all around it just because of its design. That's how God designs us when we come to Him. It's not by anything that we do other than letting His water flow through us into others. Our personal relationship to God is our connection to Him. Much the same way that a sprinkler is connected to its faucet or a water source by a hose. Maintaining our connection with God is like keeping all the kinks out of the hose. Then all we have to do is simply allow God to position us in places of dryness that need a refreshing spray. However, when we resist those dry environments of our life, we become like a kink hose that does not allow water to flow through it. We forget that it's by God's design that He desires to use us as a sprinkler of His refreshing life to bless those around us. Too often, when we're hurting or feel unsatisfied or maybe we're feeling dry ourselves, we assume that the only way to feel refreshed again is to do something for ourselves, something that will make us feel happy again. However, just as a sprinkler was not meant to hold water for itself, neither should we. If we begin thinking that we must fill ourselves up in order to, to please us, we will be forever trying and never satisfied. You see, the key to being an effective sprinkler is knowing that it's not about us. It's about the water flowing through us. When we allow God to be our source, we realize that His water is never-ending. It's that fountain that continues to flow through us like streams of living water. And by allowing Him to constantly flow through us, we are blessed as His love and joy and peace flows through us and refreshes those around us. 1 John 1, 4 And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. You see, when we understand that not only the gifts that we have received, but the calling that has been bestowed upon us, our joy will be full as His life is manifested through our interactions with others. That's the second wonder of Christmas, of letting that flow through us into others. So when you see God put someone in your life who's having a hard time or you're in a, in a dry season yourself, it just might be that God placed you there to be the reflection of His life manifested to those around you. Especially this time when the world is indeed looking for hope. And we know the hope of the world comes through Jesus Christ and that eternal life. Well, the third wonder of Christmas is the wonder of light. One of the most defining decorations of Christmas are the lights. They fill our displays and they announce our decor and they brighten our homes and cover our trees. 1 John 1.5 This is the message that we have heard from Him and declare to you. 
that God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. Jesus brings light and life to us. In the Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, one of the verses states this, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all He brings. See, understand that Jesus brings more than just peace and goodwill. He brings light and life to all who are open to Him. What is this light that John talks about? Well, let's return to his gospel because his gospel begins by talking about light that came to the world and that light is Jesus. John chapter 1 verse 9 says, That was the true light, speaking of Jesus. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. This light is more than just direction. It is the holiness of God. Yet even holiness is more than just moral purity. First, it is the solemn and indescribable something that cannot be put into words. That there exists a nature, a substance in the universe which is life and light. It is a thing, but it also has a personality, and that personality is God. God coming to us. And the wonder of this is the nature of God. God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. Throughout the Bible from Adam on down to Joseph and Abraham and David, of no one could it be said that in Him there is no darkness at all, but it can be said of God. Can you even imagine? I don't know if we can. But can you imagine what it will be like one day when we are all with God? Think about the following promise from Scripture in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. What a beautiful promise to consider. We shall be like Him. You see, when we are in heaven, God will have removed our sinful nature and there will be no darkness in us at all. All sin, all memory of sin, all thoughts of sin, all temptation, all things that were shame and guilt, all of that will be swallowed up in death. How about a double amen there? Amen and amen. We think about the streets of gold and seeing our loved ones and doing that, but imagine that, that every memory or thought of sin is taken from us and gone forever. That is awesome glory. And part of the wonder of Christmas that's introduced to us. We will have no impure thoughts of others. No nagging and self-condemning lies that our flesh tries to tell us. No worries and no doubts. Just a complete and perfect understanding that God is love. A love that we will experience fully for the first time when we enter into eternity. But God gives us a glimpse of that love now by sending Jesus into the world. 
It is only by us accepting Him and receiving Him into our hearts and into our lives completely that we receive the first and greatest gift of Christmas. There's something different about the gifts we receive for Christmas. We may get gifts throughout the year for a birthday, for Father's Day, for Mother's Day, etc. But the gifts we receive for Christmas are almost magical and filled with great wonder. Thank you. If that eternal life and His glory was the first great wonder of Christmas, maybe it's time for some who have never experienced that perfect gift of Jesus to receive Him and all His glory this year. You see, maybe you've talked about Jesus and maybe you know the stories about His life on earth. And maybe you even have a nativity scene set up in your house. But if your life is still missing that all-encompassing change that takes place when you let go of this world and fully embrace your Savior, maybe it's your time now. Or maybe your walk with God has become dry going through life's challenges and dealing with the empty promises of the world. Maybe 2020 has taken a bit much out of you and you've lost a little bit of that shine that you used to have. Maybe you need some fresh life breathed into your heart. Maybe, just maybe, God is speaking to you today like He never has before and you can really feel Him tugging at your heart. If that is you, I invite you to open up the gift of Jesus this year. It's not difficult. You just have to be open to receive the greatest gift ever given. Don't let shame or condemnation or guilt keep you away. Just simply receive Jesus into your heart. And thank God for coming directly to you. See, in order to make it special and personal, it has to begin with you being hungry for more of Him. So tired of the drudgery of life that you come running to Him. Ready to make a a real change in your life and choose to follow the only true life in the world. The true wonder of Christmas is really something to behold if we take the time. Don't let Hallmark define the wonder of Christmas to you. It's not about a cute poem that softens your heart. Don't let the radio define the wonder of Christmas to you. Many carols are simply about us experiencing Christmas instead of the true wonder of light and life manifested to us. Don't let the latest Christmas movie define the wonder of Christmas to you. In 2004, there was a Christmas special called the Polar Express. Anybody seen that? In this movie, this fictitious movie, the Polar Express, the first gift of Christmas was a magical bell from Santa's sleigh that could be heard by those who believed in the spirit of Christmas. The spirit of Christmas, I will tell you, is not confirmed by a bell, but by the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life pointing you to the true light who is Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. John 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness 
but have the light of life. And see, Jesus came as a light in the darkness so that now we have a choice. What is that choice? John 12:46. Jesus said, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. See, our choice is to either stay in the darkness, and many people choose to do that, and they stay miserable, they stay wanting and looking for something else. Or we can choose to leave the darkness and follow Jesus, the light of the world, in our daily walk. And by choosing to follow Him, we understand that we become part of a heavenly transaction whereby His light is transferred from Jesus to us. This transfer is the manifestation of Him in your life. Matthew 5:14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all those who are in the house. Therefore, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. As we receive that eternal life and that true light inside of us, we now carry the responsibility of taking this light to the ends of the earth. Listen, a lot of people are are having a difficult time right now. A lot of people are dry A lot of people are negative and worrying and anxious, and there's a lot of reason to do that, but we have that light that has been manifested to each one of us. It's our responsibility to take that light in our conversations, in our discussions, in our gifts, in our talk, and share that with those around us. God has called us to spread that light and hope to this world. We are to leave no stone unturned. That is our calling by taking upon the name of Christ as Christians. That is the message of Christmas, to spread His light to the world. In the Gospel of Matthew, it was the star of Bethlehem that shone the way for the Magi to find Jesus. Listen, God still enlists stars today to shine the way for Jesus and to Jesus. But there are some things we need to remember about these sources of light. Stars show up at night. They burn bright all of the time, however, but we can only see them at night when the darkness is all around them. As followers of Christ, we are to be unhindered light in a generation of people that prefer darkness. By allowing God to place you in situations to reflect His will, and to reflect His love and His perspective and His viewpoint, you become a star in the darkness that just may introduce someone to the true wonder of Christmas, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the wonder of Christmas as as Your eternal life was manifest to us. And now, Lord God, as we reflect on the peace that You give to all. Continue to make cause that message to be planted deep in our hearts. We thank You for the gift of Jesus this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, Amen.